Well, I'm on my way. I don't know where I'm going. I'm on my way. I'm taking my time, but I don't know where. Goodbye, Rose. It's the Queen of Corona. See me and Julio down by the schoolyard. See me and Julio down by the schoolyard. Good morning, 810 News Radio 92.3, informative, local, dependable. I'm Andrew McKay. It's a Pensacola morning news. Julio Diaz always joins us at this time on a Friday. He is the host of the um, Pensacola Movie Club on Facebook. He is also the host of Let's Go Pensacola, 4 o'clock on Saturdays, which I think is back to regular scheduling starting tomorrow here on News Radio. Julio, welcome back, sir. Hey, good morning, Andrew. Yeah, that's that's correct. Uh, starting tomorrow, we are back for full one-hour program starting at 4 p.m. Oh, that's fantastic. Uh, Very so- much looking forward to it. We're going to be talking about uh, all the new Godzilla stuff that's come out oh. recently, not just the movie, but the series on Apple Plus. And, the, uh, of course, I just dropped the trailer for Godzilla X-Kong. And uh, we're going to be talking about uh, the show Invincible. Looking forward to talking about that, too. Outstanding. Uh, what did you guys watch last night, The Boy and the Heron? Yes. Uh, speaking of uh, all things Japanese, uh, it's kind of hard to get more Japanese than Studio Ghibli and uh, Heio Miyazaki, who was uh, uh, just one of the most acclaimed animators of all time. I know when uh, when this film played a festival recently, it was introduced by Guillermo del Toro, and he uh, made a big speech about how we're lucky to be living while Mozart is composing symphonies. So you know, basically compared Miyazaki to Mozart. <laughs> uh, and there, there are a lot of people that, uh, that would think that that's not an untoward uh, comparison, you know, Interesting. He, he made, uh, you know, he, he makes these absolutely beautiful animated films. And uh, you may have, uh, I think maybe the one most Americans may have heard of the, the most because it won the Oscar for best animated feature was spirited away but uh, also films like uh, My Neighbor Totoro, Princess Mononoke, Kiki's Delivery Service. Uh, So if if you are, uh, if you come to things like Pensacon, you'll see a lot of people that dress these characters. And, you know, there's definitely a following for for his work in America, but he is regarded internationally as just this master of animation and still does, uh, you know, the the old hand-drawn animation. This is not, you know, you're not coming in here to see stuff that was put together by computers. Oh, uh, okay. So uh, the film is you just absolutely beautiful looking. You know, it, it's it, it is if you want to just go and absorb some absolutely gorgeous imagery for uh, a couple of hours, you, you can't really go wrong with us. Okay. And plot. That being that being said, um, the, uh, while the film is getting fantastic reviews, it's running ninety five percent on Rotten Tomatoes. It didn't quite connect for me. Uh, you know, it's, it's, I, I don't know if I, I just spent too much time trying to find the metaphor when maybe there really isn't a metaphor and it's just kind of a, just a story, uh, kind of a dream sketch for lack of a better term. I, I, I have seen one or two reviews that kind of refer to it as like a sketchbook and I, I can kind of see that. Uh, but, but it involves a, a young man who, uh, loses his mother in a, in a hospital fire during the war. And a year later, he is being moved out of Tokyo into the countryside with his father to meet his new stepmother, who happens to be his mother's younger sister, and uh, does not like the situation, uh, kind of uh, fakes a head injury to avoid dealing with it all, and then goes off into this dreamlike world between life and death. Then mm. uh, there's, there's all this great imagery. And it, it is... Like I said, it's a very beautiful film. 
I understand it's somewhat autobiographical for Miyazaki. His family did flee Tokyo during the war and, uh, you know, lived in the countryside for some time. Well, it it sounds Uh, like beautiful to see may or may not land on the other parts, uh, which, you know, I would would go see it just for that part. Yeah, I'm in the minority on this. Uh, You know, the the people that I saw it with did really like it. I kind of wondered if I did watch the subtitled version, and I have kind of been thinking maybe I need to go back and watch the dubbed version. Oh, okay. Well, uh, I mean, yeah, because if you're watching, if you're watching the words, you're not as much watching the art. I appreciate that. Yeah, I think there was one Julio. We're almost we're almost out of time. There was one other one I wanted to get to. The Oath is a religious movie or something? Is it it, it a Christian uh, movie? this is an adventure movie. It's set in the 400s in the Americas. And okay. You may, yes, it is a religious theme movie, but if you are hearing the 400s in America, you may be realizing not maybe not the religion you're thinking of. This is a, <laughs> a this is faith based on the the faith of Mormonism. Oh, so, okay, all right. Yeah. Uh, so, kind of deals a little bit with the foundational myths of Mormonism from a, kind of an action adventure standpoint. Uh, no, no screening for critics on this. No real reviews on this. The biggest name in it is Billy Zane. Okay. Uh, so you know. So it's meant. You, is it is there. it meant to be a like uh, a sort of a pro LDS? You know, here's a pictorial representation of the stuff you believe, or is it meant to be more critique or satire, or do we know? I I, I believe more the former. Okay. Uh, All right. You know, that it's uh, you know. Interesting. Kind of, I, don't, I don't. I'm not yeah. familiar. You know, outside of Glenn Larson or you know uh, Orson Scott Card and stuff like that, I'm not familiar with anything that falls into that category. So that's that's fascinating. What are you guys going to watch next week? Uh, well, the big release next year is Wonka, the uh, the origin story of Willy oh, Wonka, so looking forward Timothy to this. Chalamet. So uh, most likely we'll be seeing that as soon as we make a final decision. It will be up on the uh, Pensacola Movie Club Facebook. All right. Well, we'll look forward to having that conversation next week. Julio Diaz, he is the host of Let's Go Pensacola and the Pensacola Movie Club, back at its regular time for a full edition tomorrow at 4 o'clock here on News Radio. Julio, thank you for the time, sir. Talk to you next week. No worries. Thanks, Andrew. 816 News Radio 92.3. Transgressors comes up next. Jake has traffic on the fives. Okay, well, we're looking great out there, I think, this morning. Um, if you have any traffic tips, go ahead and send them on in because I've just been getting uh, incorrect information from Waze, Google, uh, FHP websites. It's just All of it is, is just telling me things that I guess aren't there. So I'm going to rely on on, uh, on traffic tips from you. So go ahead and send them on in. Uh, looking at the map, if I can take it uh, for, for what I'm seeing, Highway 98 west and eastbound uh, going through Gulf Breeze, Navarre, and Winhaven. That's looking clear. Highway 98 out of Milton through Pace uh, around the curve to Scenic. I don't see any accidents there. Um, Highway 29 South through Cantonment is even looking accident-free. If you do see anything out there, please help me out and let me know. 437-1620 is our traffic tip line. You're listening to News Radio 92.3, informative, local, dependable. Hi, this is Earl Ron. At New South Window, we bring the factory to you. Our windows and doors are made with quality in mind, and your products and installation are backed by our lifetime warranty. That's because New South Window knows the importance of single source accountability. We believe in removing the middleman so you get more for your money. This is real factory direct. One company, one call, guaranteed for life. Get New South proud. Buy two of our products and get the third free. Visit NewSouthWindow.com. 
the Pensacola Christmas Concert is back on News Radio 92.3. It's 24 hours of Christmas music from you, Pensacola. Local churches, local bands, local musicians, all right here on News Radio 92.3, all Christmas Day. We have music from the Pensacola Children's Chorus, the Pensacola Civic Band, Olive Baptist Church, the Perdido Brass, and more. And if you'd like your music to be part of the Pensacola Christmas Concert, send an email to christmas at newsradio923.com. Here's what's happening around Pensacola this week. Pensacola Winterfest continues downtown. Bring your family and experience music, shopping, food, caroling in the streets, trolley tours, and of course, Santa. For all the info, see downtownpensacola.com. The Cox Pensacola Christmas Parade is Saturday evening. The fun starts at 515 with nearly 100 entries and lots of local bands. See coxpensacolachristmasparade.com for more. Find more events and submit yours at newsradio923.com. Fox News Guy Benson gives you the news and brings you the newsmakers every day at 2 on News Radio 923. Informative, local, dependable. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today for the Transgressors Memorial Service, remembering those who have transgressed against the great spirit of inclusion and must forever be cast into the abyss of dead names. Let's join Brother Andrew, remembering those who we have lost. The first remembrance this week is for the Mattel Corporation, for doing such a terrible job in its production of the theoretically inclusive, but actually insulting, Wilma Mankiller Barbie. As you all know from your Saturday school classes, Wilma Mankiller was the first female chief of the Cherokee Nation and is part of the Inspiring Women series from Barbie that includes anthropologist Dr. Jane Goodall, journalist Ida B. Wells, and author Maya Angelou. Although we of course applaud Mattel for seeking to uplift young girls with these aspirational icons of female achievement beyond fashion and sexuality, what they've done to Chief Mankiller is unforgivable. Yes, she had black hair. Yes, her skin tone was dark. And yes, she once wore a blue dress with four horizontal colored stripes, but have you seen the basket she's carrying? That's no Cherokee basket at all. Instead of the rich, ornate tribal design so common to Cherokee wickerware, this plain tan basket looks like some leftover from a suburban soccer mom's Longaburger party. Moreover, Chief Mankiller was most definitely a plus-size woman, not the wispy Barbie insult being presented on her behalf, but that's not even the most atrocious part. You won't believe this, but because Mattel failed to consult with the Cherokees when fashioning their marketing materials, the box containing Chief Mankiller's insult Barbie does not state the name of her tribe correctly. Rather than Cherokee Nation, the box says Cherokee Nation of Oklahoma, a non-entity. But this is still not the main error, because Mattel actually used the wrong syllabary, <clears throat> the set of symbols used in Cherokee language. The package doesn't even say Cherokee Nation of Oklahoma. It actually says, prepare yourselves, Chicken Nation of Oklahoma. That's right, in a triumphal insult to indigenous peoples everywhere, Mattel managed to mangle the name of the tribe of the woman it claims can inspire other girls to be anything they set their minds on, insulting her identity in a way that only other Cherokee will even notice. Such a disappointment for the company led by white men. Do better next time, Kimosabi. Woe unto all who offend. Second, the Washington Post which just yesterday failed its workforce so colossally that they stuck for one, struck for one day and performed no journalistic work whatsoever. In response to the anticipated elimination of 240 positions from its 3,300-person3, workforce, 750 staffers walked off the job yesterday and refused to create content for one of the last remaining full-service newspapers in the country. 
Of the 240, the Post had only managed to get 120 employees to take buyouts, and it is dealing with a $100 million loss this year, mostly due to declining advertising sales, stagnant subscriptions, and low morale. One of the key demands by the employees is that the Post raise wages in order to combat the cumulative effects of inflation and make people feel better about coming to work for a failing corporation. And it's here where we side with the journalists, of course, our otherin' in arms. Like so many unions before them, the News Guild lives by a simple truth. When the company that employs you is hemorrhaging money, the only right solution is to demand they raise wages for everyone by using what we like to call fairy sparkle dust money from the sky. The Guild really has this one right. Surely a company in a dying industry like Newsprint can simply wave a magical money wand and just give people more dollars for the same work they weren't even willing to do yesterday. Right on, Washington Post staffers. Your understanding of basic economics shows you've really got the winning formula in the grasp of your ink-stained hands. Woe unto all who offend. Woe unto all who offend. Finally, our most lavish praise this week is reserved for the Great People's Republic of California, where it will soon be illegal to sell children's toys without providing a gender-neutral section so that cisgendered kids won't be programmed with narrow traditional gender roles and so that non-binary children will have a safe space to look for toys without having their identities microaggressed upon. Yes, as we have long complained, the gender apartheid practiced in Toy Stars is one of the most deeply offensive practices created by the patriarchy. For so long, they have coerced young boys into certain identities and industries, such as with their Nerf guns and G.I. Joes preparing them for a male-dominated military. Their erector sets and connects reinforcing the idea that men are the builders and engineers, and their Hot Wheels and RC cars teaching them that men do the driving and women are trophies whose only capability is being passengers. Meanwhile, little girls must go to their section of the store where they are prepared for lives built around man-baiting with starter makeup kits and glitter, domestic servitude with tea sets and easy-bake ovens, and maternity motherhood with American Girl and Barbie. Once you see the gender propaganda continuously assaulting our children, you see the wisdom of the California legislature. But yet, this new law still falls far short of our ideals. For one thing, the law still allows stores to retain the traditionally oppressive boys and girls aisles and only requires that some unspecified portion of the store will be used to promote our specific proprietary brand of gender anarchy. Only by outlawing gendered toy sections altogether can this problem really be solved. Another inadequacy is that the law still allows toy makers to package and advertise their toys with clear gender bias in mind. So even in the supposedly gender-neutral section, gendered color coding and male or female packaging images will still not so subtly impose cisgenderedness upon unsuspecting and psychologically defenseless children. Moreover, the law applies to businesses only over 500 employees, so basically Target and Walmart and the like. But why do we only fight sexism in the big stores? Is gender justice not due to the child who enters a small store as well? Are gender non-conforming children only going, to get, uh, only going to big box retailers? Surely not. Another flaw here, the legislation comes too late. It turns out that many toy retailers have already been moving in a genderless direction on their own initiative and in response to market demands. But this is the worst part. Can you imagine a significant evolution toward gender equity being led by the free market responding to changing customer signals rather than a top-down government mandate? The horror. And this is why we now call for Congress to immediately enact comprehensive toy reform. 
let us assign all toys a gender bias risk factor and impose a sliding tax scale that punishes patrons for buying highly gendered playthings, thus incentivizing toy retailers everywhere to thoroughly degender their wares. No more pinks and light blues for Barbie. No more phallocentric tinker toys and Lincoln logs. And no more boys-only pictures on the outside of Nerf rival boxes. But dear otherin, let me draw your attention to the single worst gender offender in the toy universe, Legos. We hereby call upon the Lego Corporation to undergo a complete transformation. We demand they develop bricks with female-friendly curves to replace the hyper-masculine straight lines and edges. We call upon them to use materials that are more soft and pliable like a woman's body rather than the manly hard plastic it uses right now. Finally, and most importantly, we demand LEGO entirely redesign their iconic brick interconnectivity mechanism because it is so virulently homophobic. What could possibly be more heteronormative than an entire toy system based on the basic mechanism of inserting tiny studs into appropriate sized orifices? The very structure of LEGO's screams hostility towards lesbians and gays. No, dear otherin, LEGO must reform. They must develop a building system in which stud-on-stud adhesion and receptacle-to-receptacle attachment is just as strong as the current nub-and-tube design. Or shall our LGBTQIA's plus children continue to be told that their way of loving is less sturdy than that of their straight peers? Yes, if we really are to teach boys how to be girls and girls how to be boys, we must start with the structure of their playthings. So down with the gender binary and up with unisex toys. Woe unto all who offend. Woe unto all who offend. And now, brethren, sisterin, and otherin, having been cleansed of these hurtful words, give each other the holy virtue signal and go forth and transgress no more. 827 on News Radio 923. Informative local nub and tube. Uh, nub, <laughs> Jake, and tube. nub and tube. Uh, right. Jake is our traffic <laughs> on the fives. <laughs> Well, uh, we're looking pretty good around town right now. Highway 98 uh, westbound through Navarre into Gulf Breeze. Uh, we're looking good there. Uh, on the other side, eastbound going toward Winhaven Beach. No accidents reported there. Highway 90 out of Milton and Pace. We're looking good. No slowdowns to report this morning. Also, Highway 29 south in Cantonment. If you're headed that way into Pensacola, nothing slowing you down. If you see anything out there, please let me know. Our traffic tip line is 437-1620. You're listening to News Radio 92.3 in four local, dependable. Thanks so much, Jake. If you're thinking about selling a home or buying a home, either side, Christina Leavenworth and her team at Leavenworth Realty are just fantastic at this. They can help you with any part of it, especially with the part of, do I? Because you might be wondering, is now the right time to buy? Is now the right time to stop renting and invest? Is now the time to get an expansion home, a rental home? Is it the right time to sell? In what market? In what location? At what price? And how long will it take? And just call her and ask her. She'll tell you. They're fantastic at this. They sold 233 homes last year. 723-9158 for Christina Leavenworth and her team at Leaven Rinky Realty. Uh, we've got Steve Taylor sitting in this morning for David Wayne uh, with their headlines. Steve? Well, Val- uh, Vladimir Putin's going to run for re-election next year. Big news, right? Putin's been in charge of Russia for 24 years, and there's not exactly a lot of suspense as to the winner of the race for that race in Russia. It's going to be Putin or Putin. <laughs> I suspect Putin will win by a landslide. Uh, could be. Uh, but uh, as a side note, I will never look at Legos again after that, <laughs> the way I used to look at them. I mean, 
<laughs> I've ruined them for everybody. Forever. I'm sort of sorry. All right, eight twenty nine on News Radio ninety two three, informative, local, dependable. If you've got a plumbing need, a drip, a leak, a weird sound on the wall, or you know just anything that's wrong in that vicinity, Barberry Plumbing. They'll take care of you. Flat rate pricing by the job, not by the time it takes. Four seven seven. 8782 for Barberry Plumbing. Uh, man, we're going to have the wrap coming up in just a minute with a couple of my favorite people. Uh, Jeremy Evans and Josh Newby are going to be here in the studio, and we'll talk about all the interesting news of the week. And, um, oh, my God, I have failed entirely to mention this today. Pounders is coming to Pensacola. This is the single best news of the week. Uh, Pounders is this amazing Hawaiian barbecue place in uh, Crestview, and uh, they're coming here. Uh, on Davis Highway, right, right here by the mall, out front, in the like uh, by the uh, Longhorn Steakhouse kind of vicinity. They're fabulous food. Fox News. I'm Chris Foster. A few more jobs were created last month than most economists expected. The Labor Department says there were 199,000 new positions created. The unemployment rate declined to 3.7 percent. The labor force participation rate rose to 62.8, a sign of people returning to the workforce. Fox's Jenny Casola. The president's son, Hunter Biden, is facing nine new federal tax charges, three felonies that his attorney says are the result of Republican pressure. A woman's accused of pouring gasoline on Martin Luther King Jr.'s childhood home and trying to set it on fire. Atlanta Battalion Fire Chief Jerry DeBerry saying... If the witnesses hadn't been here and interrupted what she was doing, I mean, it could have been a matter of seconds um, before the house was engulfed in flames. Two visiting off-duty New York City police officers restrained the woman. The motive for the attempted arson not yet known. Fox's Jack Callahan. America's listening to Fox News. Good morning and happy first day of Hanukkah. It's 831, 55 degrees and cloudy in Pensacola. I'm Steve Taylor in for David Wayne on News Radio 92.3. We're learning new details into a deadly shooting that happened in Pensacola over the past weekend. Yeah, Steve, 24-year-old Isaiah Colley is back in Escambia County now after he was arrested Monday morning in Roanoke, Alabama. He's charged with homicide, accused of shooting a man on Tarragona Street on Saturday. According to his arrest report, Kali arranged to meet up with the victim to sell a marijuana. The victim arrived with two other individuals, and during the deal, Kali allegedly grabbed the drugs and took off running. As the three men chased him, investigators say Kali fired shots at them, hitting one of them in the chest. He's now being held in the Escambia County Jail on no bond. Joe Ford, News Radio 92.3. The Milton Police Department is upgrading their fleet of, ta- of tasers. The taser is a valuable tool when attempting to get a suspect to comply as directed. Peaceful compliance by the suspect greatly reduces the possibility of injuries to the suspect or the officers. During Monday's committee meeting, the city council unanimously approved by 21 new Taser 7 models at a cost of $59,650. Since 2005, the department's been using Taser models M26 and X26, which have both been discontinued. This year's Hanukkah celebrations may feel different from those in recent years. A menorah lighting ceremony was held last night in Pensacola at the University of West Florida to mark the start of the eight-day tradition. It comes during tense times for Jewish students around the country. Two police officers were at the ceremony, but no problems were reported. 
And now let's check out what's happening in the financial world. This is your Money Now on News Radio 92.3. The latest jobs report shows an unexpected decline in the unemployment rate. The Labor Department reports an increase of 199,000 jobs in November as the unemployment rate dipped to 3.7%. Healthcare, government, and leisure, and also hospitality led the way in hiring. The retail industry, including big department stores, lost most of the jobs heading into the holiday season. And just after the opening bell, the Dow Jones average is, uh, as I'm scrolling and scrolling, uh, about 36,000. It's down 62 points at 36,104. S&P uh, was at down about 10 points at 4,579. NASDAQ, 87, uh, looks like down 87 points at 15,951. And now let's check our forecast for the weekend from Channel 3. This is meteorologist Brooke Richardson with your first morning weather update. We are going to be seeing a nice and cloudy day today. Temperatures much warmer, warming up near 69 degrees for your high. Overnight tonight, dropping near 62 degrees. For your Saturday, we are expecting about a 70% chance of showers and thunderstorms. Isolated showers in the afternoon, heavy showers and thunderstorms through the nighttime. High on Saturday near 74, low Saturday night near 65. Showers and thunderstorms continue through Sunday morning. A few storms could be strong, 90% chance of rain, high near 67. Stay connected to the Channel 3 News First Warning Weather Team. Download the WEAR-TV weather app. This is Brooke Richardson from the First Warning Weather Center. Thanks, Brooke. Right now, let's check in with Jake for traffic on the fives. Good morning. All right. Good morning, sir. We are looking great out there on the roads. Um, no major accidents or slowdowns to tell you about. If you're driving on Highway 98 eastbound from Gulf Breeze to Navarre all the way into Winhaven Beach, you're looking great there. No slowdowns to tell you about. Uh, also, Highway 90 coming out of Milton through Pace and on around the curve to scenic no accidents there slowing you down and uh, looks like highway 29 through cantonment south uh, we are clear there as well traffic is moving at posted speeds on i-10 and i-110 if you see anything out there let us know 437-1620 is our traffic tip line this traffic report is brought to you by jackson hewitt tax services home of the money today guarantee tax refund advance loans at jackson hewitt starting december 11th early refund advance offered to eligible clients application required finance charge applies loans by republic Bank details at jacksonhewitt.com. 437-1620 is our traffic tip line. Thanks for helping me out this morning. Uh, this is News Radio 92.3, informative, local, and dependable. Thanks, Jake. Where right now it's about 55 degrees and cloudy in Pensacola, 56 in Gulf Breeze, and 54 in Milton at 8:35. The next news is at nine. Breaking news anytime. I'm Steve Taylor for News Radio 92.3, informative, local, dependable. Do you want to stay up to date on the latest news, weather, and traffic, but don't have a radio nearby? Then you need to download our new app. With the News Radio Pensacola app, you can get text alerts for breaking news, severe weather, and traffic delays. Plus, customize your alerts so you only get the information you need. It's easy to sign up for text alerts. Just download our app, create an account, and select the alerts you want to receive. You can even change your settings at any time. So, what are you waiting for? Download the News Radio Pensacola app today and start getting text alerts. I will definitely call you back later then. Come on, wrap it up. Big sharp it up. Okay, you don't know wrap up the circle thing. Come on. Commissioner Parker, wrap it up, please. Okay. Okay, everybody, that's a wrap. That's a wrap. Every Friday this time, I like to get a couple of friends here in studio with me to talk about the news of the week and hang out and 
Uh, we metaphorically drink beers and drink coffee. Uh, I know all, both of them would do both with me uh, in other circumstances, but uh, in this circumstance, well, I don't know if Josh drinks coffee. I he, don't. I have water here. Yeah, that's very Stay healthy. Stay hydrated. Yeah, he's he's that guy. <laughs> uh, so Josh Newby uh, is a good friend. We were in Leap together. Um, and then Jeremy Evans, uh, who's also na- become a good friend. And yeah. uh, we were not in Leap together, but that's okay. <laughs> not everybody can be. Uh, very exclusive. So, <laughs> it's a very particular club. That's right. <laughs> So um, I don't know. Where do you want to start? I, um, I, f- I feel like let's get the local one kind of let's talk about this because these text messages are now mm. becoming. I mean, Mike Kohler yesterday in the meeting said that next week he's calling Ginger Bob Madden, the state right. attorney, and saying, hey, look, we need to investigate this and figure out if there was a sunshine or a gerrymandering violation. A couple of other people, you know, in the public forum brought this up yesterday. Uh, Jeff Bergosh, for his part, is uh, – throwing all the weirdest, wildest defense and deflection mechanisms he can against all of this. Um, He says he's done nothing wrong. I personally, and I've said this repeatedly, I don't think there's any evidence in these texts from the PNJ that he violated Sunshine, clearly in spirit, not in letter. That's my take on it. Uh, The question of gerrymandering, well, I've believed he gerrymandered the districts for two years, so that's not news to me. The question is, will anybody investigate? Um, I don't know. Jeremy, thoughts? Do you think the state attorney will investigate? You know, know, if I'm Jeff, I write Ginger myself, and I say, hey, this is a learning opportunity. Be instructive. If I did something wrong, I want to be the first to know it. But that's not what he's done. He's obfuscated. Yeah, no, that would be – and that would serve the community. That Mm -hmm. would – and I'm with Mike in this sense. We really need an answer on this because the allegations are swirling. Mm -hmm. The beliefs are swirling. And if I'm Jeff and I'm right, I want to be vindicated. Right. And if I'm Jeff and I'm wrong, I want to be corrected Mm -hmm. and let's move on. I mean, yeah. I mean, I think it, it, it always feels like it's something with the County commission. Like there's always something that is swirling that's going on that causes them to not do the business that's on hand. And I would much rather them have be, have a conversation about the new bid that came in for, they did, uh, they did. yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. But but it seems like more of the focus, more of the attention is drawn onto this, you know, the drama of what happens. And and I've been here for twenty five years, and I think that you know we probably haven't gone a quarter of a year without some <laughs> significant drama. Uh, and I do think it's something that probably should be investigated, if nothing else, to get some hopeful finality on things. Like, okay, mm-hmm. this has happened. He's wrong. We remove him. He wasn't wrong. Nothing happens to him, but we move forward right. onto whatever it is that is next. That's the business of the county. Right. I mean, it's 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 weirdly kind of I'm inspired and saddened by the fact that Mike Kohler had to be the one to officially call for this. You yeah. Because it it really I think you know you're right, Josh. I mean, it it, it should have been Jeff all along, and and to, to act like there's already an FBI. Well, that's not Sunshine Law related. Right. And there's already some other nebulous organization that he doesn't name i don't know what that's all about and that the county is going after you know people who have possession of documents that largely in theory are are public documents anyway it's just you know it's such a strange thing and you know we're going to go after the pnj and mm-hmm. i mean i heard they have lawyers too <laughs> yeah, yeah. Gannett has a few yeah, they might yeah. they might be fairly well versed in yeah. you know what the legal options or justifications are for them mm-hmm. possessing basically whistleblower documents right you know, and and so that's what, and then you know, does whistleblower protection apply to Jonathan Owens? You know, I don't know. These are all good questions, yeah. but we're not really having those conversations. Instead, it's well, this is a felony, and you know, well, this, this personal documents. Okay, I I get it. I'm listening, but anyway, so yeah. I I want to see what comes of it. I want to see, frankly, I want to see that something comes of it, and then maybe we'll know more. Yes, but also, the state attorney has an authority to go in and look at sort of all the texts, right? 
you know, and then we're not dependent on what the PNJ decides to publish. Right, and if and it's Jeff's issue is the PNJ, then again, he should welcome this fuller contextualized investigation by Ginger. Right, and if the texts are inaccurate, well, we would find that exactly. out. I mean, sort of. It's a vindication of, moment for and, him. And, and I'll be honest, I have, I have been very derelict in my own. Day. I haven't made the records request yet. I keep going back and forth whether I want. To. I guess I want to. Yeah. I guess I need to basically put in a records request for cell phone stuff. I just figure what I'm going to get back is we'll get back to you in a few months. Yeah, right. <laughs> you know, unfortunately, I, I would like this. But he says he's done this already a couple of times, so maybe it's very available. I mean, I don't, you know, maybe I'll be surprised at how easy it is to get. Um, we had a final debate this week. The um, And the next topic is. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I thought Jimmy Fallon's comment about the debate was so sadly accurate, which is. If you want to know how significant this was, it was held on the CW I network. Know. And no offense to CW, they've got good stuff, but it's it's a platform most people don't even have access to, yeah. or many people don't have access to. And it's four non-Trump contenders mm-hmm. who are, according to the polls, irrelevant. I know. And, and it's and it's unfortunate because I've said as many times I am a diehard liberal, but I would seriously consider voting for Nikki Haley against Biden, but she's not going to be the nominee, and I'm not going to vote for Trump. Explain this, Andrew. You're the Republican here. <laughs> I so honestly, I you you know I've been very vocal about my views of Trump. Um, I'm incredibly conflicted about the man, and I, I just it what flummoxes me is the feeling that a reasonable person's perspective on Trump makes me a, a pariah in my party. Mm-hmm. I'm willing to admit the good things he does and the great things he did, and the possibility that another presidency might bring more of the same. But there's all kinds of other stuff that we should be honest about, and it seems like the end be honest about part makes you hated by the, you know, fanatics, mm-hmm. and there's a lot of the fanatics. Yeah, and I think that the the interesting thing is, and this is or crazy or whatever you want to say, you look at the national polling, and almost every national poll now, Trump is beating Biden in in – there are fewer in general of those, and in swing states. In general and in swing states, and then there are fewer polls that break out. You know how would DeSantis do? How would Nikki Haley do? Nikki Haley in the few polls that come out, she's winning by double digits against Joe Biden. Right. And so then I think that if you are in the Democratic Party and you're looking across the way, and it seems that the Republicans are in this situation so divided, the main candidate's not even participating in the debates. Not only is he not participating in the debates, he's holding his own events to mm-hmm. compete with the debates, whether he's doing an interview with Tucker Carlson or with whomever, right. to compete to draw eyes away from the party's big event. But that guy who has all the baggage, who has all the things, is up on your guy by 4 5 6%. At what point is it that you say, do we find a different guy? Like, it's pretty late in the game. We are five weeks away from Iowa. Yeah. And then once Iowa starts, like, it's all over. And I can't really find a sub after that. It will be. And I think if Iowa has results, like the polling is showing that Trump's winning by 40 points in Iowa, Iowa's unique because it's very much a kissing babies, shaking hands state. But if he comes out of that. DeSantis did all 99 counties. And DeSantis Mm. did all 99 counties. DeSantis did the most Iowa campaign that you can do. But if he comes out 40 points down. And you start to realize maybe this polling is accurate on what's going on. Do the Democrats, they have to hit the panic button. And I don't know what that is. Well, So so my theory has always been that they want Trump because they think they can beat him. But the evidence seems to be that they cannot beat him with the president. I think that, that Democrats, and I say this as a proud Democrat, we need to stop threatening to withhold the vote. And when it comes to November of next year, we need to actually withhold the vote. Otherwise... 
the, these corporate Democrats are just going to keep on getting nominated. The party hasn't learned anything. They invited – I mean they nominated this you know, center-right mummy Hillary, <laughs> this center-right mummy Biden, put up somebody with some enthusiasm and some passion for liberal ideas in the party, someone who's not you know, over 80 years old, or I'm not going to vote for him. You know, it's a, it's an interesting charge because I mean, obviously, you've got uh, Governor Newsom is one possibility, but and, and the bench, so to speak, is not well developed because so many Democrats have been so long in office that it's kind of like, mm-hmm. who else would you put in? But I, you know, um, I have a good friend uh, who happens to be a black female liberal. She's at least as liberal as you are, Josh, and she says the exact same thing. She's like, I just can't believe this is our guy. Yeah, this is ridiculous. You know, this is this person does not represent me, does not represent our interests, is not effective. He's an embarrassment to the party. I mean, this is your champion of progressivism. <laughs> right, exactly. It's, it's embarrassing. Yeah. Uh, so the, the possibility of withholding the vote as a lesson, you know, um, whether it's liberals philosophically, the black vote, females, you know, whatever. But are you willing to take the risk that that gets you four years of Trump? Well, it's the Supreme Court, right? And that's the same thing that the right holds over you guys. Is... Yeah, but nobody's um, – who's old enough? I mean, T- Clarence Thomas is the only one that's really – I mean – If if Republicans won, I, mean, I would not be surprised in the four years. To see they, Clarence it, Thomas. Yeah, I mean, if, Kennedy if you retired. Get, you've got to get the Senate, and then you have to get right. the, that Clarence Thomas would resign with a Republican president and a Republican he Senate would. to ensure that you have yeah. that – and that, but that, that wouldn't change anything. Forward. That would just keep it at six That's three. True. And I would say the other thing that is historically with polling, Trump is underrepresented because nobody likes. There is a segment of voters who don't like to admit right. that they're going to vote for Trump. Is that still true? I mean, it's, I have it, a hard time believing that's still true. I actually I wonder the opposite. I, I wonder <laughs> if there aren't a lot of people who say they would, but they because that's I mean, the we'll thing see. they want to not be. We'll see. In the 2020 election, it was true. The 2020 election, you know, Biden was up by significant numbers, and we had to wait for days right. to find out that he had actually won the election. And so except I in think Florida, that, we, we apparently know how to count well, ballots. Except, I don't in, finally. except in Florida. Uh, Broward <laughs> hey, was done by 9 p.m., one of the that's great. A, that's its own side <laughs> issue that's amazing. Uh, we got the wrap here. We got um, uh, Josh Newby and Jeremy Evans here in studio with me. Jake's got traffic on the fives. Jake? Well, no major slowdowns or accidents to report at this time. Looks like Highway 98 through Gulf Breeze and Navarre is clear. No accidents reported there. Highway 90 uh, coming out of Milton through Pace uh, on around the curb to Scenic. No slowdowns there to speak of. Also, Highway 29 south through Cantonment on into Pensacola. We don't see anything slowing you down there. If you do see anything this morning, please let us know. Our traffic tip line is 437-1620. You're listening to News Radio 92.3, informative, local, dependable. You know, the, the debate, uh, thanks so much, Jake. The, uh, you know, the, the debate was largely just interesting but not sign- not relevant, mm-hmm. most likely. Um, I mean, other than if you get, you know, Chris Christie drops out and Vivek drops out, and then you really have the two even remotely plausible alternatives to uh, to former President Trump. But this the one line that DeSantis had that I I don't know if it's going to turn out to be true, but the line he had was, you know, you're t- saying all this polling is against me, but look at the supposed red wave that was going to happen. And didn't, mm-hmm. except in Florida, right? Mm-hmm. The one place where it did happen, and he's got that going for him. But, man, it's hard to deny all the polling. <laughs> I mean, yeah. it's hard to say, like, all of it's wrong, and none of it's going to turn true in New Hampshire and you know South Carolina and Iowa. Yeah, like I said, if Iowa and New Hampshire come anything close to what the polling is suggesting, then I think the national polling gets more credibility than I think right. all this other stuff. But you kind of have to wait for that first shoe to drop, and once the first shoe drops, 
then I think the playing field gets very close and very interesting. It seems like Nikki Haley will have money. Yeah. If she can produce some results that that, that she'll be able to She got to that last. ESG money, bro. Yeah, she's got the <laughs> she's got the ESG money. So if she can show some level of some success, some level of, you know, you get through the first two or three states and she gets Trump one on one and she's got money, maybe there's a chance. But I or DeSantis, if one of the two of them can kind of go one on one with with funds to com- yep. compete. We'll see what happens, but I think if the first two, if Trump hits numbers of huge wins, I don't see there being a lot of investment in either one of anybody but Trump. And obviously DeSantis has always got 2028. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, but he won't be in office anymore, but still, you know, that's a, a plausible alternative for him. Yeah, I if I had take my best guess, unless something dramatic changes, I think that after Iowa or New Hampshire, maybe South Carolina – it's down to Nikki Haley and Trump. Yeah. Would be yeah. my guess is how this is going to play out. And maybe just down to Trump. I mean, we'll see. Yeah. Uh, switching gears a little bit, um, the state party. Yeah. Uh, with which you are well familiar, Jeremy. Yeah. Has a... Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you have the state party chair. As a liberal, I love this. This, yeah, this story's glorious <laughs> to you, I know. Um, and his wife, who is one of the co-founders of Moms for Liberty in Florida? Nash- the National. Oh, the whole yeah. thing. Okay. And apparently they had a consenting, let's just say, multi-person interaction (laughs) with a woman uh, last year. And then they had what uh, was supposed to be a repeat, but then, you know, the... She couldn't go or attend or whatever. He decided to try to keep the appointment himself. The allegation is that she said no. He said yes. He says it was consensual. She says it was rape. Um, You know, I mean, to me, they did engage in adultery. It's not really the thing you look for in your GOP chair and your founder of Moms for Liberty. That part seems uncontroversial. Or your, or your presidential nominee. No, whatever. <laughs> you know, whatever. Um, regardless of the legal allegations, the other part would seem to be decisive to me. Am I missing something? It's actually still illegal in Florida, by the way. Not that it's enforced, but okay. <laughs> I mean, I, I think that uh, we'll continue to see what happens with the number of people who have come out to ask for him to resign. Uh, I I don't find a strong path for him to stay in position. The party's having a meeting next week. Representative Salzman is on the board of the party that will meet to kind of formally conduct a decision on what happens. Uh, I would expect it's possible that, he, that a resignation may come before it's called for. Um, you know, I think some information, I guess they got the all of this is reports of from something from somebody who has it's all very much like the Ferris Bueller's Day Off kind of thing. <laughs> Best friend sister's boyfriend yeah, knows this guy who's at dating the, this girl. Yeah, at the okay. thirty one flavors Fair and um, but they don't deny well the I, original I, relationship. I, right? I'm curious. I'll I uh, it's it's all it's all like somebody a reporter talked to somebody okay. uh, like okay. I'm right. not saying they don't. That's what's out there is okay. is the only information that is out there is that. It has happened. Okay. He's saying he can't comment because of this. I guess this allegedly the video came back yesterday, and it suggests that there was a consensual. I mean, it proves there was a relationship, but it, yeah. it definitely suggests it's consensual. The rape piece may fall away, but then you have the moral piece, which is you I, didn't do anything illegal, but can we have you as the representative of the party? And I think and, it's probably it's it's as bad for him. It's worse for her. Yeah, and she's Moms already, for Liberty has been like the strident moral crusaders on yeah. you know sexual virtue, Absolutely. right? And and so that's what that was going to be my question because this is sort of on your guys' side of the aisle. Does it worry you that um, you know the, the don't say gay bill or the stop woke act or whatever? It seems. Did you hear my name for the new one? 
What? The one that says not to ask or tell pronouns. What? I'm calling it the don't say they bill. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Dang it, Andrew. I hate you. (laughs) No, but this time it's accurate. Like, don't say gay was a mischaracterization. Right, right. Don't say they is accurate. So, Does it bother you that these people don't seem to practice what they preach? They don't genuinely believe in this sexual purity and moral grandstanding that they're proposing via legislation? Absolutely. And, And I think so— Within moral conservatism, if you can call that a group, which it's kind of nebulous, but okay, uh, there are two kinds of people, uh, maybe three. Uh, one kind of person is pure hypocrite. They're lying for a political effect or putting on a show. They don't believe it. They're getting away with it, and they know that. Okay, that's, that's one group of people. The second group of people is people who really believe it but fail to live up to their standards. I mean, that's pretty much sure. every person who believes in high enough standards. I fail to live up to my standards, sure. okay? There might be a few people who really live a pure, virtuous, you know, sexually moral life. And, you know, man, you know, if I ever meet one, <laughs> you know, I'll let <laughs> yeah. you know. Um, and so I want to be cautious about saying that they're pure hypocrites versus, you know, weak, so to speak. But either way, it doesn't look good, and that's always a challenge for the folks on our Mm -hmm. side. And I think that there is – there's a couple of things that complicate things. I think one is the party is uh, really strongly aligned itself with a man who is pretty open and not – you know. Extolling those virtues. Extolling those virtues. I mean, Trump is not the moral icon of any. He's he doesn't represent what Moms for Liberty says they stand for. And then I think when you get Moms for Liberty, it was a group that started out as you know, kind of anti-masking. Schools should be open. Parents should be involved in the conversation. And then you get groups that kind of kind of merge in. in. And I think the second wave Moms for Liberty became the book issues. Okay. And then I think that so some of that stuff is. Second wave as these groups come in around the state that are kind of connected and, you know, some of the people here were not involved in the original kind of part of it, but their form of mom is is going and talking about the the morality stuff. But it still is – it's pretty hard to – I mean, Bridget lost her job at Leadership Institute where she was doing school board training. I know they're calling on her to resign from the school board of Sarasota County. And so, you know, I thought she was on a on a board, not the board. She's on the Sarasota school. She's elected to be on the Sarasota school board, and then she's on the new Governor Disney board. Okay, the uh, Reedy Creek Improvement. Oh, okay, all right. Um, So she's got a lot of roles. Yeah, she's got a lot of roles, and I think that the one thing that you know, it's anybody. People love to see the fall. Yeah, I mean that's just well, and and I think you know one of the other things, and this this is to your point, Josh, that um, conservatives and I am often guilty of this too. Um, do a really good job of setting ourselves up for failure on these topics by being so strident, yeah. by being so arrogant, uh, so dismissive, and so unhumble about the challenges of living up to the beliefs that we say we believe in. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so, you know, sort of Bible-thumping sexual ethics without having any honesty about the realities of what people are struggle with, the difficulties of it. I mean, we know what the rules are supposed to be, but then, you know, kind of act like, oh, we're all virtuous and pure, and anybody who fails them. I mean, it's just, and, it's and, so wrong. That's so false. It's so ungospel. And that's my side's argument, right? Is you, if you can't even personally live up to these values, then why are you going to try to legislate them into people's lives? And, and, and there, I think the part of the, the discussion is, well, you know, some boundaries need to exist, and some sure. boundaries are so important that you know maybe law comes in behind them uh but you know nobody lives up, lives up to the rules in the bible i mean right. otherwise we wouldn't need the gospel you know we wouldn't need right. so we know that uh let's take another quick break let's get jake in here with traffic on the fives well we're looking good out there no major accidents or slowdowns to report 
Um, we do have I-10 eastbound after you pass Fairfield. Uh, there is a disabled vehicle with a roadblock reported there, but no major slowdown appearing on the map just yet. Fairfield not showing any problems. Uh, all clear from 12th Avenue through to Palafox and W Street. Chase Street, Gregory Street, Garden Street, Palafox, all checking in clear. No slowdowns on Cervantes. Uh, Bayfront Parkway checks in without delays. And Highway 98 through Gulf Breeze and Navarre is flowing smoothly. If you have traffic tips to report, you can always text us 437-1620. News Radio 92.3, informative, local, dependable. Thanks so much, Jake. Uh, the time we've got left isn't sufficient, but I did want to not exclude it. The anti-Semitism on college campuses and the hearings in Congress and these students who got up and talked about what's happening to them as Jews, this is, it's not just disgusting, it's frightening that our college campuses are failing so badly on this topic. And on such an easy question, I mean, I watched the hearings, you know, is calling for the genocide of Jews um, counter to your, you know, tolerance policies, right, speech policies, and they couldn't answer a question. They wanted to add all these layers of nuance. Yeah. And and look, you know, I I, I I support you know transgender rights. I'm 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 a good liberal in that way. But you can't call, you know, dead naming someone abuse, and then right. and then call for nuance on the uh, genocide, genocide of an entire religion. And and I, as a liberal Jew, I'm incredibly disappointed in these institutions that I've always looked up to my entire life as paradigms of virtue and and academic excellence. I mean, I think it is a it's interesting because of the I really think that they don't know how to respond to it because there's so many conflicting interests and mm -hmm. we want people to have free speech, but this is not okay and it's so much of is it is it a genuine concern that they're going to violate their norms on free speech, or are they terrified that the anti-Israel, anti-Semites on campus are going to come for them, too? They're, they're scared of the students because for years colleges have cultivated this environment. Absolutely. Exactly. Yeah, I, I agree. Uh, it's, you know, I I hope there's a better solution soon, but it's been just absolutely eye-opening to watch. Yeah. Uh, Josh and Jeremy, thank you so much for the time. Great stuff today. Listen on air at 92.3, 95.3, and AM 1620. News Radio 92.3, WNRP, Golf Breeze, Milton, Pensacola.